welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, into episode 196 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley, and over there is Velcro McGee, Andrew Rosenthal. Hey, he's like, uh, you know, he's like, you know, it's a good time to open my bag right now. Right now, what during the during the intro to the show, it's the best time for me. No, go ahead, keep keep velcroing <laughs> up and down. Well, I was just gonna say we're on the highway episode, the 196. Because I was just on 196 to cover Traverse City Central. That was your... That's the best you've got to offer at the start of the show. Yeah. Okay. And Velcroing. <laughs> also in the that's, studio is uh, James Cook. That's why I just don't offer anything. Which is great. That's why we all... Pre- well, except for the powdered sugar donuts that you brought here into the studio. I don't know if you're, you're offering you're not, those You're not too. laughing uncontrollably. No, I'm not, because... Maybe you'll get the giggles. You know what? I should... Uh, should I drop in? Sprinkle that in. Should I put in a little bit of that mm-hmm. into Sprinkle the Sprinkle it uh, in. Powder sugar it in. Uh, <laughs> James, uh, he just did the the salt bay for those who can't see. Um, <laughs> so yeah, what was this? This had to be three, four years ago at least. Yeah. It was probably four years ago. So it was probably 2017 uh, when we were doing the get around after dark, which was our short-lived podcast that we did on football Fridays and basketball Fridays. And then it just became too much and I think we stopped. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a bit it was a bit much. But the I used to get a little um punch drunk during those cuz I would be so tired because it's a Friday at the end of a week. Yeah, at like 2 a.m. Yeah, and you're just burnt and I'm we're recording this podcast and you know, I'm slap happy and I just started laughing when I was trying to tell this joke about how James had once told us that he got a really good deal on like a powdered a big bag of powdered sugar donuts at was it Menards or I can't remember where it was. It might have been Menards. Save a lot might have been another because I shop there a lot too because I'm okay. a cheap bastard. Can I say bastard? Yeah. If I'm well, referring to myself. Did, well, you just said it twice, so I think we're. I'm all referring right. to myself instead of somebody else, so I think we're okay. I think that's fine. <laughs> uh, so during that episode, I'm trying to tell this joke, make a reference I'm to open the bag right to, now. Yeah, go for it, man. I mean, he already did the the Velcro it's worse than stuff. Velcro, no, right? not at all. And I just could not oh, get yeah. this line out. Um, we'll play a little bit of it right here. Yeah, James was able to pick up those beautiful looking headphones uh, along with a big bag of. You gotta give me warning when you're gonna throw a joke in like that. Yeah, those are pretty sweet looking headphones that uh, James was able to pick up for a couple of. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, we need to get this done. I know, I know. It's after 10 already. It is. We've been doing a half an hour and we're only. We've only talked about one of four games that we need to talk about. Yeah, those are, uh. (laughs) Oh, we're so screwed. It's funny every time. I can't help myself anymore either. Yeah, there's some pretty uh, sweet headphones you got there. James Labela. <laughs> yeah, those are uh, some pretty sweet headphones that you got there. Uh. <laughs> I was. I thought I had it. I thought I had it. Yeah, those are uh, some pretty sexy headphones you got there. James was able to pick those up at the uh, Save-A-Lot for $2 along with a big bag of powdered sugar donuts. Damn it! I almost had it! 
Yeah, those are some, uh... Yeah, pretty sexy headphones you got on there, uh, Brett. Uh, I know James was able to pick those up for $2 along with a big bag of <laughs> sugar donuts. <laughs> yeah, sweet headphones that you got there, Brett. Uh, I know James was able to pick those up for $2 along with a big bag of sugar <laughs> Yeah, that is a pretty uh, foxy pair of headphones that you got there, Brett. I know that James was able to pick those up. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, foxy pair of headphones that you got there, Brett. I know that James was able to pick those up for two bucks along with a big bag of powdered sugar donuts for a dime. <laughs> so the show is not brought to you by, by Little, Little Debbie. Debbie Mini Powdered Donuts. Instead, it is brought to you by Jimmy John's, our sponsor. Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. I didn't even need to read that one. I'm sure Jake probably got to that point too, where yeah, he, he never had to. No, he never. He had probably to. knew all of them. Yeah, by I heart. hosted so infrequently that I had to read them. But yeah, I looked over there and I was like, "Should I grab it? Nah, I bet I could read it without. Right, I bet I could give the read without actually reading it. So it's like me in typing. I still look at the keyboard. I bet you that I could that I could type without looking at the keyboard and just look at the screen like you're supposed to. But it's just ingrained. I can until I start thinking about the fact that I'm not looking at the keyboard, and mm-hmm. then I... And it's a mental thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's Same. Like, it's like a two-foot putt. It's like, I know I can make it until I think about making a two-foot putt, and then I can't make the two-foot putt. Okay, welcome in, like I said, episode 196 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley, and in the studio, yes, Andrew Rosenthal and James Cook. Uh, appreciate you guys being here, uh, especially after the last couple of weeks, which have been so busy. I don't know, grueling. I don't know about the travel you guys. and weather. My God, this is this is I. I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I enjoyed going to news because I definitely wasn't working this much. Well, let's say I was working this much. I just wasn't being stressed to the max and having to fit so much into a certain amount of time. And it has been it has been a brutal reawakening for me that has left me sleeping into the afternoon several several days after after work. At least you know in news like on my Friday night, this is how, this is what I'm going to be doing, or on the Saturday, this is what we're going to be doing. Oh, that's yeah. But because of playoffs, you just don't know. Right, Sometimes. I can I can plan to go to a board meeting on Monday night at six o'clock, whether that would be in Traverse City or Kingsley or Sutton's Bay or whatever. Like I'm now, right. now here we are. We are we don't know where we're going to be on Saturday. Well, we have a general idea of where we're going to be, but there's a good chance that because of the teams that we have left in this in the playoffs, we could have Traverse City Christian or Cadillac Volleyball uh, at in Battle Creek at Kellogg Arena on Saturday, uh, and we could have well, we have three football teams playing Saturday, so one in the Superior Dome. And the for uh, third year in a row, man. For, for the third year in a row, that well, would be last year. They that would be Sutton's Bay. Yes, last year they were. Where did they play the eight-player football game last year? It was someplace Brighton. Like Brighton. Brighton. Yeah. Okay. 
basically like a glorified driving range. It was like an indoor practice field, kind of. Okay. With pretty limited seating, from what I understand. Okay, before we, because I want to get into the volleyball quarterfinals, I want to get into the football games from this past weekend, but we need to announce our football helmet mayhem winner. Came down to Glen Lake versus Gaylord, and Gaylord walked away with it pretty handily. Nice. They were behind early, too. Yeah, they were. I think last, in, last in, I in saw. the first hour, uh, they got behind, and I, I, I think the, the Gaylord t- football uh, Twitter accounts got a little, uh, a little active once they got behind. Uh, what was the, did you look up the final, Andrew? 57% to 42.3%. Yeah, you don't expect that in a championship matchup. In a battle of, I even like I tagged the Lakers crew, the student section, and tried to. How many uh, votes did we end up getting? Two hundred and eighty-one. Two eighty-one. All right, so that's not bad. I think that's the good. largest vote count that we had for the uh, for the tournament. But congratulations, Gaylord, you are the winner of uh, football helmet mayhem. You get um, nothing <laughs> other than bragging right. Bragging rights. That's it. I do think it was awesome, though. This was, I think, this was a couple weeks ago and a couple rounds ago in the Helmet Mayhem when the Gaylord Football Twitter account retweeted one of their matchups and said uh, it was when they were playing and when they were going head to head with TC Central, and it was like, hey, we can finally beat TC Central in something football related. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that kind of like self owning. Yes. Yeah, you got to appreciate the uh, Rodney Dangerfield esque. If you're Gaylord, you know you've always had the really cool yellow trident but this year they had the decals for the i think it was like a a, a special game for veteran for uh, memorial day or something or veterans day no it couldn't have been veterans day could have been memorial day either because i think that's in may jesus i don't know when holidays are except for thanksgiving christmas halloween fourth of july that one's easy though fourth yeah, of july is literally was, on the fourth of july they had special helmets for it was either to Petoskey or did they play point city no. It, it was, well, they had special helmets. Yeah, they had special helmets. That's all I can confirm. <laughs> yeah. It was for a game. Red, red white, and blue forks. Yeah, which, which was, always helps. It was. Bef- I mean, before it, the game, they played uh, against uh, Traverse City West. You know, and I, they maybe should go with them permanently. They're pretty cool, apparently. Yeah, and I thought it was cool that Gaylord St. Mary also got to the Final Four and had a similar thing where they had the stripe down the middle that was an American flag. Yeah, we on, just on one get, of their helmets. We for, just didn't get the uh, the matchup that we were the, the Gaylord for. on Gaylord. Yes, battle for Gaylord, battle of the Alpine Village. That's all I got. Perfect. So let's just move on then. <laughs> Volleyball quarterfinals we've got coming up. Uh, well, by the time you're listening to this, who knows? Uh, the teams that we're talking about could be eliminated or could be on their way to Battle Creek and Kellogg Arena. Two teams we have left, Traverse City Christian and Cadillac. Let's start with uh, TC Christian. And we had, I think, she, was that our last show? Was Emma Mirabelli? Yes, it was. Wow, okay. That seems like a long time ago also. I know it's only been two weeks, but it seems like a couple of months. Again, I think, it's, I think it's just it's because of how much we've done in the last two weeks and how much has happened in the last two weeks. It's just been, it has been nonstop. We were talking about off mic, we were talking about Emma and her uh, prowess at killing the ball and hitting it violently, which we've all now seen in person. And, mm-hmm. and uh, felt, apparently. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I felt. Uh, at, oh, man, district championship match. Uh, I was standing on the, the sideline. She spiked one, and it was coming right at me on the bounce. I put my hand up to try to deflect it because I didn't want to get hit in the face and did a good job. I mean, looked really cool, I'll be honest. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, especially was to, the wincing and pain part. Was, well, uh, okay, so that is what I was able to mask because after I deflected her kill uh, on a bounce again. By the way, I noticed about ten seconds later, I was like, "Oh boy, my my wrist kind of hurts. My, it hurts a little bit." And I'm like, "You can't rub it and you can't shake it out because you can't show pain because you're a guy and that's you're a man. So make sure that you mm-hmm. you hold that pain in and don't let anybody know." Because pain is weakness, which is a dumb way to go through life. Yeah. And even at the post-game interview, after I was like, yeah, my wrist still kind of hurts a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did so, you give her your health insurance information and say, I'm going to be sending yeah. a bill yeah, to we, you? Yeah, uh, we, it was just like after a car accident. So. <laughs> at, at, that, at that game where they played uh, McBain NMC in the regionals that I was at, um, there was, I think in the first set, there was McBain NMC players who were like, after points, they were kind of like looking at each other and holding out their forearms. And I think they were like showing each other like the spots that it left on their forearms, like the, you know, the ball that left. Yeah, and she's she just that ball. Yeah. She, yeah, she's not nice to the ball. That's why, like, I, I had not seen her play when we talked to her and I had asked her about spiking the ball into opposing players' faces and if that has ever happened. Um, and then I saw how hard she hits the ball and I'm like, she probably broke a couple of noses with how hard she hits it. Velcro and a Twitter notification, Andrew. I'm a popular man, I guess. <laughs> Wait, how does Velcro make you a popular man? Do, do you have any? <laughs> Cargo pants. I don't really know. There was just a lot of. There's a couple times in the match against uh, Midland Calvary Baptist. Whoo, that's a school name. Uh, where she kind of like, you know, faked the ball over the net with a set. Um, there's there's a couple other players on that Saber squad that kind of know how to play the ball well and play the play volleyball to their strengths per se. You know, Ava Wendell and Juliana Brower, um, both players at the net that they're just really smart with their shots, really smart with their attacking. Um, serving wise, they were phenomenal in that game against Midland. Um, I don't think all there was like a stretch of like nine nine oh TC Christian was Mirabelli serving. I'm not entirely sure all of them were aces, um, but man, they they're having a hard time returning her serves. That's for sure. Yeah. So. And I'm, so we get they got Remus Chippewa Hills on Tuesday. Um, by the time you're listening to this podcast, this game that game might even be over by now. But other side of that bracket, you got Ironwood. Uh, Inland Lakes. There are a couple teams in TC have played them before this season, because um, uh, Iron One, a bunch of UP teams were down in Inland Lakes' tournament. So, um, and I think Central hosted a couple of UP teams as well. I'm not sure if Ironman was in there, but it's the big match of everyone I think in the states watching in Division Four is, is Bell Creek, Creek St. Philip and Adrian Lenoway Christian, number one versus number three, and. It sure seems like that's going to decide who's going to go to the finals in Battle Creek. So if you're Christian, you're also paying attention to that game and seeing who you might play. So that's 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 where it's at. 
in St. Philip, they're obviously a powerhouse in D4. You know, they came to Leland for the whole, for the camping thing this summer. A couple teams have probably seen him from that. Um, I'm not sure if Christian was at that, James. They weren't. Um, but they're routinely down at D4 finals, so this might be another year for them. In Division Two, we've got perennial contender Cadillac, which won its ninth regional title in the last 11 seasons, uh, just last week, uh, led by Renee Brines, another talented Cadillac squad. Uh, James, what are their chances of making it to Kellogg Arena, either for, for the semis or the state championship? I mean, I like their chances against North Branch in the in the quarters. They got to go to Midland tomorrow to do that. Um, and you brought up the camp thing at Leland this year. Three of the four schools that were at that camp are in the quarterfinals. Jeez, Leland's the only one that's not, and they lost to a team that's still in the quarterfinals. So Monroe, St. Mary, Pontiac, Notre Dame, Battle Creek, St. Philip. That's a stat. All still going, but you know, Kellogg. They just they just have a pretty great all around team. They've got and they got some some very good height there in their middle blockers along with you know Miss Volleyball finalist Renee Brines et cetera. You know so they've they've got all the pieces that they that they need to make another run here to the final four. I think. Who knows where we're going to be on Saturday? Except I we know where Andrew's going to be on Saturday. Likely, probably covering the. Traverse City Central football game. So let's go ahead and get into that. Uh, we had five teams alive in the football playoffs going into Friday, and now we've got three. Traverse City Central, Traverse City St. Francis, and Sutton's Bay uh, Cadillac. And Kingsley lost Cadillac on Friday, and then Kingsley lost on Saturday. I thought Sutton's Bay was going to lose on Saturday several times. Um, I mean, they got down 14 to nothing, and I was like, especially after uh, an early fumble and then uh, Rudyard taking that back, I think, two or three plays later for another touchdown and to go up 14 to nothing. And then they decided to throw the old hook and ladder. And That's got to be a play like you don't really practice that much. Well, like, like you once know. or twice a week, according to according to them, and had never run it ever. <laughs> so we're gonna get more into that when we have the hook and the ladder. Um, <laughs> uh, that gonna be their new nicknames. The hook and the ladder. Yeah, uh, Braden Opie and Sean Bramer from Sutton's Bay are gonna be joining us in studio a little bit later. Um, Braden, the hook, Opie, and Sean, the ladder. The ladder, Bramer. There we go. I mean, they're both pretty tall, so mm-hmm. you probably don't even need a hook or a ladder to reach things. Mm-hmm. Terrible joke. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about, uh, we'll talk about that Sutton's Bay win with them. So let's get into Central and St. Francis. Did you expect Central to do what they did to win that game against Caledonia as easily as they did? It's funny you describe it as easy because I was there and I wouldn't really say that. Okay. You know, it's... So I guess I'm just going off what the score was. I mean, it's hard to Because they were putting up points on them. It's hard to not look at the score, right? But you look at the field and there was two inches of snow. 
and Burnham just completely outpowered. You know, Sugar said it to me pretty easily. You know, you look at what our line has done. You know, we can rely on our line to block, and Burnham is just going to run around them. And that's simple football. You know, it's make your block and take the take the whole of three yards on a cloud of dust football. Northern Michigan is known for. But when you add a kicker like Everest Noise, who's automatic on field goals, I think he's only missed like once or twice this year. Um, automatic and extra points, you know. And having boot ball like 60 yards into the end zone, play after play, you're giving Caledonia a long field so frequently in the snow. And that really was the game changer, at least how I saw it. You know, you... You allowed your defense to make some mistakes. You allowed your offense to fumble the ball a couple times. And even Josh said after the game, you know, in a snow game, that just is what happens. But because they were playing, like, they had to go 80 yards each drive, they stopped them all but one time. And it was probably the best game I've seen Central play, personally. Wow. Like In the snow. In the snow. Like, as a team, team wise, I think it was the one of the best like eleven non eleven off games I've seen Central play because those guys were really athletic on Caledonia. They had guys that could run the ball if they needed to, and they weren't able to do much. I saw them try twenty passes and complete twice. Most of those passes were when the snow was kind of kind of dying down you know I, there was a couple ones that time I tweeted it's like always oh, he's, he's only attempted two passes and he had dual threat quarterback you got to think he's passing he's going to be passing here and he does um I think most of the passes came in the second half when Central was already up by two touchdowns and it sure looks like they're in a crash course for Warren De La Salle at this point you know um South Lion they were there was a couple games they've had pretty close you know Portage was Portage had a lead on them at one point. They took them to overtime. Um, so we're that's a pretty big game at Greenville, but it sure, like I said, it sure looks like they're on a crash course to see Warren DeLis out, and it's been looking like that this whole entire postseason. James, you were at the St. Francis game on Saturday, and yeah. St. Francis doing St. Francis things. Yeah. Who, who are they playing, Andrew? Oh. <laughs> Amon Shumpert. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Ishpeming Westwood. Ishpeming Ish Westwood. Ishpeming. Got it. Ish it's been like three weeks now, and there's been the Traversine teams playing Ishpeming, and I'm like, I'm, I figured it out by now. Uh, but yeah, St. Francis came in this game. Um, Ishpeming Westwood gave them a pretty good game for the for the first, the majority of the first half. Um, they, they got the ball. They, they won the toss, took the ball, said, we want the ball. Went on like a long drive, scored a touchdown. Uh, St. Francis comes back, scores in two plays. Westwood gets the ball back, puts another long drive together, and a touchdown. So St. Francis only had the ball for 33 seconds of the first quarter and a half of the game. But then St. Francis got a stop, a three and out. Uh, Westwood's punter shanked the punt, and St. Francis, voila, had short field. Scored a couple plays later, like seems like they always do. They they uh, didn't have the ball very much in this game and put up a lot of points. But uh, Westwood actually put up more total yards in the game than St. Francis because when they did get stops, they had kind of a short field. 
sometimes to work with. They also had a pick six in there, too, in the second half that kind of sealed the deal. But uh, every time Westwood would score, St. Francis would answer. Then they got that stop. They got a third score by St. Francis to go ahead in the halftime, and they got the ball coming out at halftime, scored there, and that was kind of it. Um, you know, Westwood's not a throwing team, really, although they started throwing the ball. From the very beginning, they threw like four of the six, four of the first six plays. Um, but that's really not their thing. It's kind of a weird single-wing offense with two guys in the backfield, like two-quarterback system, and they're both clapping for the ball mm-hmm. and standing right next to each other so you don't know which one it's going to go to. Um, but pretty much one's the running back and one's the quarterback kind of thing. But um, but St. Francis took a while to, to adjust to that. Uh, once they did in the second half, they um, really kind of shut them out except for uh, one kind of later touchdown. And then, like I said, Gabe Olivier had uh, a pick six that really was kind of the dagger in the game there in the second half. How do you feel about the Glads' chances against Puama Westphalia? Uh, it's, it's another game between two undefeateds. Uh, Puama was ranked a little bit higher than Westwood was, and it's you know a neutral site game. But uh, I think that St. Francis, being the number one ranked team in the state, has to be the favorite in this game. But... You know they've they've gotten to this point in other games in other seasons. The semifinals, you run into a team like New Lothrop, Poamo, Ithaca. You know any of those right. programs, and these are the elite programs of this division. You know, so you can't you can't guarantee is, anything. Saint Francis, Francis is one of those as yeah, well. They're an yes. elite program now. Yeah, yeah, they have been for a while. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I'm I'm expecting a good game. You know, I think that the that Puamo will be deeper, more able to throw the ball than Westwood was, and that will make for a closer game against St. Francis. All right, before we get into the interview with uh, Braden Opie and Sean Bramer, uh, James, you and I talked about this a little bit Friday night, I think. Uh, sat- or no, Saturday night. Yeah, Squeaky Chair McGee over there, too. Velcro McGee, Squeaky Chair McGee, Twitter Notification McGee. All of it. He just he can't he can't help himself. He was he was typing earlier. If you guys heard that in the background, um, Mr. Typing Velcro Squeaky Chair Water, your yeah, all that. Yeah, all that. Just donut McGee. Saturday was my first time covering an eight-player football game since the Central Lake State Championship in 2017, um, which is still one of my most favorite games that I've ever covered. And the semifinal for Central Lake also one of my most favorite because that was. Uh, another snowball with I think by the time that game was over I think like 8 or 12 or 8 or 10 inches had had fallen on the ground at that point it was so much fun uh, to watch that other than the fact that I was freezing cold it was now that I'm in a nice warm podcast studio and thinking back on that it's it's a fond memory but at the time it was pretty damn cold Saturday proved to be another great football game um I think it was the first football game I've covered that has gone to overtime, too. 42-36 to 36 was the final between Sutton's Bay and Rudyard. James, you and I had talked about this a little bit. Why do you think that 8-player football doesn't get the same kind of love that 11-player does? Is it just because it's not traditional football? I, th- I think so. I think people, people that uh, are involved with 11-player football just see it as an, an inferior type of football when it is not. I think it's very entertaining. 
one of the things I say to people that, that don't like eight-player football, I'm like, okay, do you like hockey? Well, do you not like four-on-four hockey? Right. Or three-on-three. Or three-on-three hockey. You, you know, cause yeah, it's quicker. There are more scores. It's open. Three-on-three basketball is a national it's more powerhouse, like, or like a national brand under Ice Cube, you know? Yeah. And Gus Macker tournaments and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, so. Uh, There's national like, teams for three on three. It's an Olympic sport. Yeah, it's just a way for these smaller schools that don't. I mean, it's hard for a school that has like 100 or less kids to come up with five 250 pound linemen to be able to be competitive in an 11 player football game. Right. And have those five 250 pound kids be good, not just 250 pounds. You know, so in this, you only have to have three. And, you know, and then you take out, like, maybe a tight end or a receiver, whatever kind of offense you use. And it's just it's an entertaining type of football, I think. The field is narrower, so, yeah, there's more space, but with fewer players and everything. But it's a, it's a great type of football to watch. Um, most of the people that have gone and seen an eight-player football game like it. Oh, yeah. It, it's the people that haven't, that think that it's, you know, it's arena football or whatever, you know, arena football in comparison to the NFL. It's funny you say that because there's two active NFL players that have played eight-man football or six-man football if, you, if you're in Texas, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool to watch videos on if you ever get the chance to watch the Texas six-man state finals at Jerry Dome and uh, Dallas. But anyways. Yeah, I think like South Dakota and Montana or something have six-player football too. It's awesome to watch because you've got the center running out for passes. Yeah, like everybody's eligible, right? Everybody's eligible in six-man football. (laughs) But um, anyway, there's two active NFL players that played reduced man football. Can you name them? I I know there was one that played for the Lions, but he is not playing anymore. Okay. But Tariq Cohen for the Chicago Bears. Oh. You know, they call him the human joystick. And then Leighton Vander Esch, uh, most recently oh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys linebacker. Yeah. 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 Casey Fitzsimmons, a tight end for the Detroit Lions, was a kid who played, I think, six-player football in from, like, Montana or South Dakota. Yeah. Can you imagine a center snapping the ball and going out to take a pass? Yeah. Be, <laughs> Running who, the who, doesn't, who doesn't like fat guy touchdowns? Well, because what a lot of times they'll do it. <laughs> A lot of times they'll do is they'll snap awesome. the ball, and then wide receiver will come around, and the quarterback will pitch it to them, and the wide receiver will pass it to anyone on the field. One thing to add to that is uh, it, it also helps that around here, our schools are very, very good at this. We've had a team in the state championship from our coverage area for the last five years yeah. playing in the state championship. Central Lake one year, then Onekama, and then Sutton's Bay for three years. So it, it's a high-quality level of football and there's more and more schools that are that are playing it um and the teams from around here are still staying on top and you know i think you'll see more schools do that once they overcome the that that stigma or whatever of people that oh we have to play 11 player football and it's like well we don't have enough kids to play 11 player football and you're seeing that a lot of schools where teams are struggling to get enough to play 11-player football. The teams that are normally usually pretty good at football, like Johannesburg-Lewiston and Frankfurt, are struggling to get enough players to keep playing 11-player football. Well, let's get more into that with our athlete interview. Uh, We'll welcome in Braden Opie and Sean Bramer.
All right, let's welcome in Braden Opie, Sean Bramer, the hook and the ladder from <laughs> Saturday's state semifinal win for Sutton's Bay, 42 to 36. How are you guys? It's a couple of days later. I talked to both of you after the game. Uh, how are you feeling Monday? I mean, a little sore, but I'm just happy we got through that game and we got that hook and ladder down. That was the first time in I can't tell you how long that we ran that play. How's Hugh doing? Because I saw you had a bloody nose after the game. Oh, he's good. That was that was just after the game. We were all um, in a little huddle, like cheering or whatever. He hit his nose or something, but he he's oh, good. So he post game injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he like lifted his helmet off or something, and it hit him in the face. So he he's good. Okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. How are you feeling? Well, beat up, but I'm feeling pretty well now and. Looking forward to next week, and it just feels so good to be able to make it out of that game after battling back through the whole thing and making it out alive. How many times have you replayed that in your head? Just kind of relived that moment of running down the field. So many times. I have a video <laughs> of it, and I've watched it like hundred times now. And your just, dad got the video, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just. You can just turn the volume up and just hear the crowd and everything and watch the whole sideline just run down. Mm-hmm. So it's just crazy. I didn't see it because I'm yeah. they're covering the game. I saw it, but yeah. I didn't see the entire play. I didn't see it until you've got the ball and you're running right at me. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is going on right yeah. now? Yeah. And, I mean, that just had, it had to be an, an incredible feeling. Is it one of the, the best of your football career? Yeah, definitely probably the best one because <laughs> this year I've been able to play a pretty large role in the team, and it's just I've never experienced that before, especially right after that. It was like everyone saw it, and everyone's hopes were a little down after we just got sacked for a huge loss. Yeah, and I then, thought it was over. I was like, yeah. I, 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 already, I was like starting to write and went, wow, that's a, a bummer. How do I write about a team that loses that's never fun I and was, then I look up from my notebook and yeah Sean you're running at me yeah I was just thinking of like the headlines that would be in the paper like something's big blah blah this that I was like no that's not happening I, I can't <laughs> let that happen I can't let that happen so on that on that play um coach called it and I just I was like okay we're getting this this is just gonna work and we're just gonna do this and we're gonna win this game and when it was called, I ran the hook, cut the ball, and tossed it to him. I looked behind me, and it was just green grass from there, and I was so mm-hmm. happy. Before you turn around in that, how much how much are you worried that when you when you do that little shovel pass, I got I can't mess this up? Because it's got to be a timing, right? Surprisingly, I that didn't even phase me. It was more catching the ball. Okay, yeah. So like making sure I caught the ball, and as soon as I caught it, I just I just shuffled it over to him. I was like, he's gone. We're doing this, and it just worked, and I, I was. It's just history from there on. <laughs> Did you hear the crowd? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could hear the it crowd? Just, like, it was quiet, and then it just, like, exploded. Everyone stood up, and it was crazy. I think in that moment for me, I, it was all quiet. And I, I was just thinking about it in my head. I heard nothing, and then I realized what just happened. And then I heard the crowd go crazy, and I was like, that just happened. Yeah. Like that's, It must have been a moment where you're like, did that actually just happen? Yeah. Did we yeah. really just do that? Yeah. There's your headline, man. You should have went with that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get the two-point conversion. 
after that touchdown. Mm-mm. So the game had to go to overtime, yep. and you needed to, you know, you don't, walk-offs don't happen in football all that often, but you got to walk off, touchdown mm-hmm. catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did that feel? It it felt amazing. Just to top off what happened, it it was just the perfect moment for me. It, I mean, every every kid dreams of that moment, and for it to just happen to me and have just the series of events happen just like that, it's just the most perfect moment and I'm gonna remember it for the rest of my life. Yeah, your dad is obviously the coach. Yeah. And your mom was there. She was on the sidelines taking photos. Yep. And uh, I had we had you know ex- exchanged pleasantries a few times during the game. And after you scored the touchdown, I turned and I looked at her, and she was just, she was a mess. Yeah. Yeah. She was she was just so much emotion yeah. had come, uh, overcome her. Uh, and I talked to your dad after, and I asked him, you know, what's it like to see your son like, uh, succeed like that? And he says, well, how much do you want me to cry? And he got pretty emotional, and yeah. I saw you were pretty emotional yeah. after that. I would imagine after that game, you're not only physically drained, but you are emotionally and mentally drained as well because you are experiencing highs and lows and highs and lows throughout that entire. Yeah. Was it, were you more tired mentally or physically after that one? I think in the moment I wasn't tired at all. Really? Yeah, I I was just more focused on winning the game, and that's just how I thought of it. I never really thought of being tired. What about the day after? Oh yeah, I, I felt it then. Yeah, definitely then. Every day. I mean, that's it's a good feeling though. It's knowing that you just won that football game and the feeling of being sore. I love that feeling. Like it's, I, I, I every single game I look forward to that almost because mm-hmm. I know like if you if you're sore that means you played hard and you did your job. Yeah, that's the good kind of hurt. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Like after you work out and you feel like you're like oh, I just tore all of my muscles, everything <laughs> hurts. I can't get myself yeah. out of bed. I must have done a good job. Yep. Yeah. That is good. How different is it? Do you think from your perspective, being coach's son, uh, playing playing for your dad and everything, than 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 other people? I mean, I remember in the the last round before that, there was a, a stoppage in play or something, and I can't remember what it was, but I just remember Garrick walking out in the field and saying like, "That's my son, and I love him so much," or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, he always he always jokes at me, and he always is like. Why'd you drop that ball or blah, blah, and he tries to get in my head. And then after he says, I love you, son, I say, I love you, too, because that's just the relationship we have. And we always joke around with each other, and that's just, that's just how we are. And I, it's, it's amazing to have him as a coach. And um, him being my dad, my teammates give it to me all the time, coach is on, coach is on. And so it, I just Do embrace you it, on, honestly. on him about that a lot? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Him, Dill, all those guys. What's the best way to do that? Uh, you only play because your coach's son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it's all jokes. That's our team. We we love each other, and we know we're all joking. So it's it's all um, it's all love. Mm-hmm. When you're the only non-quarterback brother, right? Because Grayson is a quarterback in the yep. JV team, correct? Yep, yep. <laughs> and then Bryce played quarterback. Yeah. Um, I. Do you, uh, give, do you give him crap about that too? <laughs> well, the guys, the guys say uh, Matthew Kohler always says, um, "Why don't you play quarterback? Why don't you play quarterback?" I'm like, "Cause we got Dylan Brownowski, dude. I'm not doing that. Like that's no." But I mean, it's to me. I thought of it as Bryce had that moment of winning a game the last seconds, 
him and Lucas and the connection of uh, at uh, Gateway St. Mary's, not at Gateway St. Mary's, but against them, um, they had that same sort of like last play, like everybody going crazy feeling. And I think it's just so cool that both of us have been able to feel that. And I'm hoping Grayson, when he gets older, he's going to be able to feel that same thing. Mm-hmm. I asked Braden this after the game, but Sean, I want to ask you too. During that, when you guys were trailing Rudyard, did you think you were going to lose? Was there any moment where you thought you were going to lose? Were you, were you like, I can't believe it's going to end like this? It was like that thought in the back of my head. I was like, like what would I do if we lost? Like, mm-hmm. what would happen? And I was just thinking of all these different situations, like what would people say and what would, I don't know. Like, people would be disappointed and they'd be, like, and upset. And, and I just was thinking, I'm like, we can't lose this. Like, mm-hmm. we have to win. Mm-hmm. Like, if we go down, then what am I even going to do? Yeah, you didn't want the bad press. You didn't want the bad, well, <laughs> bad headlines. Yeah, yeah that, that on top of the whole school, like, going to state finals again, I think they were all looking forward to that. And I think some of us were looking forward to that, too, and looking past this game. And we never, like... I don't think it ever registered in our heads that we could lose this game. And it did, obviously, in the first three seconds of the game when they <laughs> scored a touchdown or whatever, and then they scored another touchdown. I was like, this is happening right now. Like, we need to do something about this. So we had to step up and play our game and win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how did you come back after that fumble? <sighs> I think I had um, a few plays before that I, like, almost twisted my ankle, and I just, like, I was, so, I was mad about that fumble, and I think I got, like, kind of stood up in the hole, and I tried to bounce out, and just a bunch of people surrounded me. The ball got knocked out, but right after that play, I had to go out because my ankle got twisted, and um, I had to get that taped up real quick because I knew <laughs> I had to go. I could not play the whole game, but I was mad after that fumble. Yeah, I could tell. I saw you on the <laughs> sideline. I could tell. Uh, it, it was important for you to, I, I think, for the team to overcome that and then score quickly I think when you guys scored it was three two or three or four plays uh on that first scoring drive um how important was it to that first score how important was that first score being down 14 nothing and then making it 14 eight it started that first drive of a power like oh maybe they can't stop our offense so we can battle back into this game and it it definitely showed up throughout the game that we weren't just going to get destroyed every single drive and we had we could battle back, and then we ended up battling back. Talk to me about Suggett, that the their quarterback runner, who's just a tank of a kid. Yep. Uh, you guys struggled early on to to stop him, but you had a couple of good goal line stands against him that I think saved the game. Mm-hmm. Were you able to you were able to get underneath and and drop him before mm-hmm. he got any coverage. How difficult was he to defend? Right. Very difficult. He had a, obviously he was a big guy. He had a lot of forward momentum, and they kept getting those like four-yard little plays on us. And obviously, since he's so big, you can't get under him, hit him, stand him up, and then make him fall backwards. You'd hit him, and he'd get maybe one or two more yards of just forward momentum falling to the ground before we were able to tackle him. And that that played a big part in their uh, drive down the field. Mm-hmm. Was it frustrating? It. Yeah, yeah. Just seeing like a five yard gain after five yard gain after five yard gain, like over and over and over. It's like, how are we going to stop this? Yeah. And then I think in the second half, um, Mr. Pash made some adjustments and 
we I think we executed his um what he did I think we executed perfectly like he told us to do we did it perfectly and I think we stopped him two or three times like in a row or something like that well the biggest one was to start the third quarter they recover the onside kick and at that point I went if they score here I think Mm -hmm. it's over Mm -hmm. and they almost did on the next play after that I don't know if it was I don't know who it was who made the stop on number five it was probably was it Hugh so it was neither one of you. Okay, so I think it was, was Hugh. It, was it a pass? Yeah. Yeah, it was probably Hugh then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. made the – one of them made the tackle right there and, and dropped number five mm-hmm. at the five-yard line uh, because he was if, – if he gets past Hugh or August, then he's in the end zone. Yeah. And, and you guys are down at that point. It would have been at least two scores. Yeah, we were, we were expecting to get the ball – at the start of the half and score, and then it would be it would 30-28 game, I think. Yeah. So we were just we were hoping to score and then play a game from there on, and I don't think we were really expecting – I mean, we were expecting an onside kick, but not for them to recover it, and that was a little scary when we saw them recover it. It's like, okay, well, we could lose this game. Like, yeah. we definitely can lose this game. We need to do something about it quick. What was the message from the coaching staff when you guys were down? What were they telling you? keep battling mm-hmm. like obviously you can't just give up or else you're you're gonna lose so you have to keep battling the whole time and once you stop then you, it's hard it's really hard to get back mm-hmm. and yeah the coaches were saying to us seniors um coach Opie was saying um is this gonna be your last five minutes like in the fourth quarter is this gonna be your last five minutes of football you ever play and how are you gonna remember it so we did something about it and that was going to be one of the best memories we've ever had in football. And now you got another 48 minutes yep. to play yep. coming up on Saturday. How are you guys feeling about that? Good. I'm, I mean, when you watch some film, we need to um, listen to Coach Pass because he's our defense coordinator, and he he makes things happen when it comes to defense. defense. So um, we just need to listen, focus, and Condition, you gotta hydrate, you gotta do everything you possibly can to win this game. Mm-hmm. And then I think one of the big differences between good coaches and really good coaches is the ability to adapt during the game. Yep. And I think the last two weeks you guys have done that, where you've had to tweak your game plan at halftime and and everything. How much confidence does that add to you guys that you know that even if you know if the game is close or you're down at halftime, that you can make those changes and turn it around in the second half. Um, we we know our coaching staff is really good, and they they adapt every single game. Even if we're up by whatever thirty or something, they still make a, they still make changes, and we listen. And it just makes things so much easier that they're so good at their job. So it it really just helps us a ton that they can make changes, and we just listen and we do it, and it works. Yeah, because I think I think it was after the Inland Lakes game, I had a, a coach from another team that was at the game, and he's, mm-hmm. he texted me, and he's like, they made such good adjustments at halftime mm-hmm. <laughs> in that game. Yeah, that's, that's Coach Pash. It, mm-hmm. He always has something to say and something to change, and as soon as we change it, it just works. Yeah. And it's just so cool to see that he knows what to do in certain situations, and it just works. And then we just play our game, and it it all just forms into one. It all just works. Mm-hmm. It's cool. You can like see him 
we go down on the down in the open field down there during halftime and you can see him he's just like staring at the ground and you can tell he's just thinking <laughs> and then he's like defense over here <laughs> and everyone just gathers around and then tells us all what we need to do and who we need to hit and stop and it it just works so well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's had so much experience i mean he's oh, yeah. he's coached at Sutton's bay for how long like, 20 something years and then before that it was St. Francis for another 20 something years so he's had a lot of coaching experience and he knows what he's doing so we, mm-hmm. we trust him with that. He coached my dad back in 92 <laughs> at St. Francis when they won really the championship yeah <laughs> so he's been around yeah. and he's been there Yeah. Mm-hmm. so you've played well last year you guys had same program adrian uh lenawee question uh, christian did not go well what's going to be different this time around i think our problem last state final was we had a game plan and we didn't execute it all we didn't really use any of the things that we learned all week and we kind of just started hanging our heads as soon as i would say the punt block when that happened and they scored after that, it was just like a lot of people were hanging their heads and everybody seemed to give up. So this year we cannot give up and we just have to keep our heads up and keep doing what we do. So this game last Saturday probably helps that because Mm -hmm. it taught you how to battle through and succeed and overcome adversity. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's invaluable going into a state championship game, right? Mm -hmm. All it takes is one one play mm-hmm. for everyone's energy to just shift the whole other way and then you can just keep building off that from there. Hmm. How Does it make it a little bit more real this year, being that it's back at the Dome, rather than, I, I rather than playing so. in like Brighton, a, Brighton, a practice yeah. field in Brighton? Yeah, we were a little disappointed last year that we couldn't just play at Ford Field or something, just fit us in for a couple hours. Like, I mean, whatever, that's, I guess, just what the NHSA just decides, so I mean, playing at Brighton, we're thankful that we got to play anywhere. But um, I would say being in the Dome is a whole different atmosphere, and it's just we're so glad we get to play there, play there this year. And it's not a home game for Adrian Lenaway. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, Brighton is not that long of a trip for them. Yeah. It's a pretty long yeah. trip for you guys. Mm-hmm. Now you both at least have a long trip. Yeah. Theirs is a lot longer a lot to longer. go to the Dome. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine how much of a drive that is That's from Adrian well, to Marquette. Well, um when the first state championship oh, yeah. played in Amen. Yeah, they're way down there by the border too. Yeah, and they had a crowd, like they had a lot of people there. And that's a long drive and that's a lot of bus and that's a lot of money. So I was mm-hmm. I was really surprised to see that and we'll see how our fans turn out and how their fans turn out. Mm-hmm. Uh so like as soon as the football season is done, the last whistle ends on Saturday. Uh Half your team goes back to Lake Leonard St. Mary. <laughs> Half your team goes back to Sutton's Bay. Mm-hmm. And then you get to play each other in basketball. In the first game. <laughs> first game we play each other. First yeah. game of the season? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. That's going to be cool, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Weird, though, right? Yeah. It's just playing a state championship with your boys and then playing against them in a game two weeks later is just really weird. Really, really weird. Yeah. It's fun, though. It's like... A rivalry, but it's like you just can't get mad at each other for mm-hmm. some reason. Yeah. You just know they're the people you were just bonding with so hard, like a few weeks before that, and it's fun and competitive, and it's 
That's good. Mm. All right, well, yeah. thank you both for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, I didn't want to take up too much of your time because I know you guys want to get back to practice yep. and, and run and condition and oh, yeah. get ready. Oh, yeah. We want so to run I'm so I'm sure much. that you're <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both so much for being here. Good luck on Saturday. Uh, I'll be there uh, in person covering you guys and uh, hope to cover a state championship. The last time I was in the Superior Dome and covering an, uh, a state championship game, Central Lake won it. So you guys be great if you could do the same mm-hmm. well. thanks for having us and I, I hope we can do the same I, we, we, we need to win this one and third time's a charm I'm really hoping so we'll see how that goes thanks boys yeah, thank, yep, you. thank you Thank you again to Braden and Sean for joining us in the Get Around podcast studio. Really, really appreciate it and wishing them best of luck come Saturday. And let's just keep that theme going with Sean and Braden and get right into the Get Around Hall of Fame because they are going to be my nomination this week. Uh, if you run a play that you've never run uh, in live game action and only a couple of times, in practice and you run it to perfection and you do it in the final 25 seconds of a state semifinal and yes that didn't end up being the game winner it was the game tire um, but Braden did uh, catch the game winner uh, a walk-off touchdown in, in overtime um, so I want to put those two up for their their hook and ladder play uh, that saved them from being eliminated I'm going to go with Conrad Dobreff. You know, he hasn't really gotten a lot of the spotlight because he's the weak south linebacker to Josh Burnham. But when he played pretty, he played pretty darn well in that Caledonia game. And, you know, because you're playing pretty well, you got to kind of took out the inside run game because, you know, if you're running the Josh, you're going to get tackled. If you're running the Conrad, you're going to get tackled too. Um, Stats, he had three and a half. Technically, it was just three and a half, five assists and a solo. Um, He was in, he had an assist on a pretty big tackle for loss. And, Really set out to Eric Sugars after the game. So I'm going to give the nod to him. All right. James? Yeah, I'm going to go with Gabe Olivier from Traverse City St. Francis. He had um, a 60-yard touchdown run fairly early in the game that, that kept him in it. He had the um, touchdown on the uh, first and 39, right? I think that, that I think that, I think that was him. Yeah. yeah, first and thirty-nine. After they had three penalties in a row, first <laughs> and thirty-nine. First, that was like the first thing that Harrison brought up to me when he came out to Sutton's Bay on Saturday. He's like, "You're, you're not going to believe it." There was a uh, he. He was just telling me about. It. He's like, "Yeah, they had a first and thirty-nine, and then he says, and they scored a touchdown on the next play." Sounds like, right. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he scored touchdowns three different ways. He had that. He had one catch for fifty-two yards and a touchdown. He had. Six carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. And <laughs> pretty the pick pretty good average there. And then in the second half, added a pick six. All right. So there are nominations. Andrew, you want to start the voting? Ooh. I thought Hook and Ladder was pretty darn cool when I saw it on Twitter. Okay. I want to see a video of the play if it's out there. Well, you can... Mike uh, Krebs, our photographer, he has, like, rolling photos he was doing like quick shutter on that so he's got a bunch of photos on that you could ask him to scroll through it really quickly uh but i I do know that i think sean brammer's dad got it 
We would yes. know that because we asked him about it during the interview, which <laughs> we definitely we recorded. recorded this portion of after. Now, we, this is this. We still haven't talked to them yet, as of this recording. But James, what are you going with? Yeah, I go with hook and ladder too. I mean, because it gets them to the finals, too, and it's just a cool play, cool time to call it. See, I was. It. Th- this is surprising because yes, I I put them up for nominee. I was going to vote for for Gabe. Only because I think that Sutton's Bay is probably going to win on Saturday, and it is tradition to put in a state championship team into the Get Around Hall of Fame, so all of them would get in. But if we want to, I'm more than happy to put uh, our guests into the uh, Get Around Hall of Fame. Now, we would have put Hunter Jones up. You know, he ran uh, runner-up finish in Nike Cross Regionals. That's a four-state regional. Again, running against guys from, like, the best guys from four different states mm-hmm. at where they run the, you know, NCAA National Championships at the, uh, I think, at Laverne Gibson Cross Country Course in Terre Haute, Indiana. Um, yeah, I think the winner was from Missouri. Yeah, Rock Bridge. Or something, yeah. Powerhouse yeah. in Columbia. Yeah, and we would have probably put Julia Flynn up, but she's already in she's as good. well. Yeah, she, she won the Mika State Cham- uh, Media Champions and was the number one pick in their draft. And she's also going to be running in the Foot Locker Regional. Well, yeah. now it's uh, called East Bay Cross Country Regional, but and one Miss Cross Country. Right. So that's going to that's going to be uh, next Saturday at basically my my backyard in Kenosha, Wisconsin, at UW Parkside. <laughs> so. All right. Well, congratulations to Braden Opie and Sean Bramer. You are the latest inductees into the Get Around Hall of Fame, and they might be adding more hardware to their collection if they win a state championship on Saturday. And speaking of that, let's get into our trifecta. This is kind of a ridiculous question, and it doesn't have to be just sports. But if you could win a state championship in anything, what would it be? Ooh. Cool. I, like, just read this on the on the budget just now, so I haven't thought about it. Well, that's perfect. It could be, so it, can, it doesn't have to be a sport. It could be. No. It could be anything. You can go back, like, if, you know, we can look at this. So it a could just be, like, ways. the like, state championship. It could be the state championship of being rich. Sure. <laughs> you could be, yeah. That would be. That would make you one of the 50, potentially 50 richest people All in right, the country. All right, I got one. I got one. I want to win the state championship in wearing T-shirts at the same, wearing, like, loads of T-shirts at the same time. You know, those videos where people put, like, 50 or 60 T-shirts on? And yeah, and then they all have a panic attack because they can't get out of them. Don't you see, haven't you yeah. seen that after? That doesn't seem like any fun to me. But, yeah, if you want to, <laughs> I mean, I I will, I'll will. i watch you compete in that. I'll watch you put on a bunch of T-shirts. I don't, I'm not going to watch that, honestly. I don't know why I said that. I was thinking about it. I'm like, I'm not going to watch Andrew Rosenthal put on a bunch of T-shirts. Morbid curiosity. To watch Just the to watch attack. him have the panic attack? Yeah, that, yeah, would, that would... That's like we want to... I'm not cheering for that. I don't know. If I want to have a saw next to me to make sure to get them all off, but... How many t-shirts do you think you could put on before you have a pan- panic attack? I don't know. Well, if you want to win a state championship in it, you got to practice, son. You got to have a goal. You got to get up early every morning and start putting on t-shirts. How about 20? 30? 20 or 30? I haven't, like, I've seen the ones where they put, like, 50 or 60 on, and they, like, fall Oof. over because the weight of the shirts are too heavy. Wow. How do you even get... they got to be in, like, ascending 
size well, so yeah, the key starts are. keep getting bigger? Yeah, yeah, they'd have to be. Yeah. And you, so would it help you to be thinner? Yeah, yeah. To start? <laughs> you know? I mean, that's, so that's got to be part of your training is that you're going to lose some weight? I don't need to lose any weight. Yeah. I, I have nothing to lose. <laughs> so there's this show on uh, Netflix called We Are the Champions. I don't know if you guys have seen that, mm-hmm. but it... It's a documentary series about all of these weird competitions. So one of them is the 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 cheese roll, which I'm sure you guys have seen, the, where they roll the cheese down the hill and then like the big hunk of circular cheese, and then people chase it down the hill. Uh, they have dog dancing and competitive yo-yoing. The competitive yo-yoing episode is probably one of my. It, it's really cool. You owe it to yourself to to go and watch it. Um, Yodeling, chili. Chili pepper eating. Ooh. Uh, yeah. That one's that one's fun. Uh, and, and so that's why I thought of it, and I thought, well, what would be a, a fun one that I would want to compete in? I think I would go with skipping stones. Okay. That's, that's a fun activity. I, and I know, I think they have, like, a competition on Mackinac Island. There's got to be. Yeah, for, there's got to be one for, somewhere. For skipping stones. It's just so much fun. Whenever I go hiking or whenever I'm near any body of water, and there are stones on the ground. I will try to find a nice flat one and try to skip it as many times as I can. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things where I'm still a little kid and and love to do that. I did that just a couple days ago because we went up Old Mission Peninsula and went to the lighthouse. Yeah. And we walked down on the beach and I found a nice sort of flat rock. That's a like, really good place to skip. Yep. It was a nice calm day. I got about, I don't think about five or six though. Nice. Not, not a great skip. Yeah, I thought I was good, and then I've seen videos of people competing actually in it, and it's like thirty. I can get like ten, twelve on a good. And one. I go, oh, all right, that's you got to get that good underarm, sidearm action kind of. Need that, and what I what I found is that if you can find a a rock that's a little slimy on one side, and if you throw it on the slimy side, slime of side it, down. Yeah, the slime side down. It it cruises like it will go. Mm. But now you gotta be like the Masters at Augusta at Augusta National Course and skip a golf ball and get a hole in one. Well, I just saw the video the other day of of who did that. It was a it was a pro golfer who mm-hmm. did that because like yeah, I, a lot of people frequently play that hole that way. They skip a golf ball to get it on that green because it would be a lot quicker. Have you ever done that? On a, I've done it on accident. I've accidentally done that where I've hit the ball and I'm like, well, that's in the drink. And then it's managed to skip over the water, and I th- I think I hit it like that once, and it skipped like a couple of times, and then the third time it just went in the water. Yeah, same here. Like I, so I I'm sk- like, oh, maybe. Ah. I skipped the water. I hit the water, and it skipped. But then it went down, and I'm like, oh, I did something cool at least. James, you didn't think about it before during this discussion. Have you thought about it? Oh man. It'd be great to be like the the champion at like barbecuing or oh yeah smoking meats right or something. That's a pretty that's something a good that's one like too. a life skill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are. It'd be handy. Yeah, a Michigan State championship for and could maybe make me money. Best barbecue ribs, more well, more yeah. money than you know skipping writing about high school sports. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that is going to wrap up episode 196 of the Get Around podcast. 
we're we're coming down to the end of the fall sports season. Yeah, first it, hockey games in the state are being played today on Monday. Believe it or not, first basketball practices are today as well. And before you know it, we're going to be announcing our all-region teams, our dream teams, and, and getting all that out there. And still a lot to a lot to come between now and the start of the winter sports season or when winter sports really gets going. So I have been your host, Brendan Queeley, and in the studio with me for episode 196 was Andrew Rosenthal and Jimmy James Cook and his powdered sugar donuts, which are very appreciated. And he's reaching in to grab another as we head off the air. Thanks for listening. Have a good week.